Terry, Jesus taught us the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our life. He demonstrated that. He only did His Heavenly Father's will. And that's what we're to demonstrate, our Heavenly Father's will. And He was teaching the disciples the purpose of the Holy Spirit working in their life. And now we're going to see the practical application of the Holy Spirit working through the apostles. We're going to see the Acts of the Apostles in Luke chapter 9 and chapter 10. We're going to see the power and authority that was given to them by Jesus. Now this is a special power of the Holy Spirit working through them. They have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet. But they've received this power and authority because Jesus was anointed with all power and authority. And he gave it to the twelve disciples. We see this. So in Luke chapter 9, starting with the first verse. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. My goodness. Just read that again. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He gave them power and authority over demons. This is important to understand the power and authority that we now have through the Holy Spirit of God. And I think this is why Luke was making reference to this in Luke chapter 9, about the disciples having this power and authority. What Jesus had been talking to them about is now to be applied. I find this very interesting in verse 3. I don't want to get sidetracked, but he said, Take nothing for your journey. Take, take not a staff, nor a bag, nor bread, nor money, not even two tunics. What they were taking was the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we want to draw out of this. The power of the Holy Spirit is all you need. So they were having faith in what Jesus was telling them. And he wanted them to demonstrate this power that was in them using nothing else. Realizing, this is something to think about, that this power and authority was not just for Jesus, but it was also for the disciples, as we see here. Because they did go about healing the sick and preaching the gospel. But you know, in verse 49 and 50, I find this interesting. This was after a discussion John and the apostles were having with Jesus about an incident, and they went on to a different subject. And John brings this subject up. And now John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow with us. And this is Jesus' response. But Jesus said to him, Do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. I've always found this interesting, that there was an individual that was not one of the twelve casting out demons in Jesus' name. So this tells me this individual had been following Jesus, had been listening to his words, and believe by faith in this power and authority that was given by Jesus to the apostles. It just sounds to me like he wasn't with them all the time. And they were saying, this guy isn't part of us, or they were jealous or something. And the Lord says, no, 
He's really one of us. <laughs> he believes. He's really a disciple too, isn't he? Yes. He went past just believing about salvation, but now he's believing also in the power and authority as given to the disciples. And he tapped into this somehow, didn't he? By believing what was being preached. That's how he did and it. Taught. That's how he tapped in. He believed. He heard and believed. Followed it up with action. That's right. That's all we're called to do. And as we read on further in Acts chapter 10, we see it increases from the power and authority from just the 12 and this unknown person that Jesus empowers 70 more. And why? Because there are a few laborers to minister the gospel. He needed more laborers to go out. He's also demonstrating this power and authority is not just for the apostles, the 12, but it's, it's for everyone. We're going to see this eventually. It's for everyone because he gives it to the 70. I'm going to back up uh, chapter 9 here in Luke verse 5 and just read this. It says, As for those who do not receive you, as you go out from that city, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Not all will believe, but you just keep going. Forget about it and press on. That's, that's true. That's steadfastness. That's faithfulness. That's just believing that the power of God is in you. And, and that way it does not tear you down. That's right. Having anxiety because not everyone's believing in the Word, not receiving the Word. It says right here, not everyone will believe. That's right. So this gives us peace and comfort, doesn't it, knowing? It's not that we don't want them to receive. The Lord himself said, I wish that all would believe. And so do we. Because somehow that, that, that compassion of the Holy Spirit is in us, and, and we're learning to love people as Christ loved people. So we have this compassion in us, and, but we have to guard ourselves against what comes against us. So even though we want them all to believe, we have to realize that some people, wow, and, and, and that's even hard to say, that some people will never accept Jesus Christ, but he loves them the same, and we're commissioned and told to do the same thing. And this, I believe, is because they're so heavily harassed by demonic forces, they're not able to understand. They don't grasp the word. I mean, that's talked of in the parable of the sower, that Satan comes to steal the word. Someone might want to share the word with them, and it just doesn't take root because Satan's always there. He's, he's harassing us, trying to get us to deny the power that's in us. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking of. All Satan's trying to do now is harass us into thinking we have no power, that we're powerless, we have no authority over him. That's all he's trying to do. And Jesus is demonstrating by giving power and authority to the twelve and to this unknown person. And then now he's going to give power and authority to 70 more people. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. And after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. He sent him forth. And he gives them power and authority because we see this in verse 9. And heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But I want to jump down to verse 17, Terry. Because this really opens our eyes to a lot of things. 
Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, Jesus says to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That means he has no more power now. That's right. That's right. No more power. We have power and authority over this demonic activity that's going on out here harassing the world. Next verse. Behold. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. There are several things in there I want to talk about. There's so much there. These spirits were subject to them. And he says, just rejoice that you're a believer. That you're saved by grace. But what I'm wanting to focus in on here is verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample. That means destroy. That means to you have authority over serpents and scorpions. Do you remember in Luke chapter 11? Yes. Where we were reading in there about serpents and scorpions. That we now have power over Satan. His sting, his power, and his pain no longer affect us. We have victory in our life. We have this power and authority over Satan where we can rebuke the demons. We can cast them out. People who are controlled by demonic forces can be set free. Their minds can be unlocked. Demonic forces, all they do is harass your mind. They fill your mind full of ungodly things that affect your health, affect your emotions, your imagination, everything within you. Now, Jesus says, we have power and authority over all this. Listen to this in the Amplified. Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability. Isn't that something? There you go. That's what we're talking about. This is what Jesus is trying to convey, this power and authority and how we can apply this power and authority in our life. And he's telling me, you have authority now. Now take it and run with it. And thank God that we have this power and authority. Thank God our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. That's exciting. That that really is. Rejoice. I'm rejoicing. And I want the listeners to understand. I want you and I to understand. This power and authority is not to puff us up. But it's to set us free. Understanding the Holy Spirit of God is here to set us free. He no longer wants us in bondage. And he has given us now power and authority over the demonic activity in the world that affects our mind. It affects every avenue of our life. If we can begin to grasp this, Terry, the demonic forces, the ungodly things that are going on in this world are what affects our mind, our will and emotions. We get caught up in so much activity of the world and doesn't Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 2 tell Timothy not to get entangled with the affairs of the world? Why? Because it'll tear you down. It'll cause demonic forces to take control of you and steal the Word of God out of your mind, out of your heart. That's what makes you ineffective in power and authority because you're not feeding off the Word of God. You're allowing your circumstances of life to affect you. So... How can I do that? 
You do it by the power of the Holy Spirit of God that's in you. Let him lead you and guide you into all truth. He will show you that whatever it is, job change, whatever, he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. Yes, I know we're in this world and we have to eat and we need a place to sleep. But we're living a life now that's led by the Holy Spirit, by the faith of the Son of God. Because he loves us. You don't have any problems if you have faith in God. When you begin to meditate upon the Word of God, and you begin to meditate upon the power and authority that now lives within you as a believer, and you can move beyond the cross and become an effective disciple, that's when you begin to be set free. Because, Terry, if you're just a believer, not understanding your power and authority, you're not effective. You will not be able to reach others for Christ because they won't see any difference between you and the world because you'll still be struggling, thinking you have no power. What will draw people to Christ is seeing this power and victory you have in your life. And I'm not talking about just overcoming cussing and and things of that nature. I'm talking about true power and authority over demonic activity that affect every part of your life. When people can see, because they can really see this change in your life, if you're no longer getting angry, if you're no longer getting frustrated, and you're walking in God's love, this is what draws people to Jesus. This is what changes people's lives, is seeing this power working in your life, saying, Terry and Mitch have changed. They're walking in love. Their relationships with their family, with their church, is different. Why? It's because the power and authority that we now have to change our situation, no longer held captive by demonic activity. My brother was just sharing with me that very thing, how he used to get stressed out as he was doing his job, and people would actually anticipate him exploding (laughs) and just losing it. And now, since the Word of God has become real to him and has become active and alive, the Holy Spirit is dealing with him with this situation— Now they're looking at him and saying, what happened to you? You'd get to the point where you would just blow up, and we we were kind of waiting for that because, you know, that was, I don't know, maybe they (laughs) enjoyed that or something would take the pressure off of them. But the point is that he was sharing how the Word of God has changed his life, and the people that are with him at his job recognize it. Isn't that awesome? Yes, and what it does is allow him to minister to them and say it was the power of God that changed my way of thinking. When we talk about new creature in Christ, we're talking about the power of God changing your way of thinking and responding to situations. Overcoming that flesh. Yes, totally and completely overcoming the flesh. And this is the power and authority we now have. We're no longer held captive. We're no longer harassed by the influences of the world, which are demonic. And then those relationships, the people that are in our lives, what just change? And we don't even know it a lot of times. <laughs> We're going, yeah, I guess I am changing. But it's the Spirit of God in us now that's overcoming the flesh. We're training our minds to stop and think about that power that's in us instead of just letting the flesh take over and we blow up and we get mad and upset and angry with people. There are a lot of people out there who are influenced by 
Satan, who will present those tests to you on a daily basis. It's amazing how Satan is always trying to regain that ground he lost at the cross. And this is what we're wanting to emphasize, that we have the high ground. Yes. This is why we can say we have power and authority over demons. And this is what Luke is trying to tell us in Luke chapters 9 and 10. We now have this power and authority. And in Luke chapter 11, ask for the Holy Spirit to give you this ability to overcome. Why? Because now we're going to move on to the third purpose. We're going to see Jesus giving us final instructions and not to do anything until we receive this power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Matthew 28, starting with the 18th verse. And this is Jesus talking to the disciples and to the followers before he goes into heaven, before he transcends into heaven, because he's been here 40 days walking with them, and he's been instructing them. And this is the final instruction he gives through the flesh. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This is why the apostles in Luke were given this power and authority to cast out demons. It's because Jesus has this power and authority to give at his will to glorify the Father. Verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Disciples, Terry. We're not talking about believers. We're talking about disciples in all the nations. That means everyone, everyone to be disciples. We can disciple someone before they're a believer. And then they can become a believer. And, and you know, Mitch, we're not trying to downgrade that awesome experience of the cross in becoming a believer. We're just wanting people to become disciples. We want them to move forth in this new creation now that they've become. We want them to have victory in their life now. Yes, there you go. Not just be saved and stuck in the ways of the world. We want to set them free. In verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Those words in and of themselves mean nothing. He was telling them to baptize them in the knowledge of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them, because to make disciples, you have to baptize them into understanding who God is, who Christ is, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Those three things. Teaching them, verse 20, to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Verse 19 is the one I really like, though. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, submerging them, immersing them in, baptizing them in, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this is what we're wanting to instruct. We've told people about the Father, God, about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, now we're to move forward and understanding the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what we're talking about. We're trying to baptize people in the understanding of the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within each believer so they can be a disciple. Never leaving us nor forsaking us. He's with us even to the end of the age. Let's go to Mark 16. This is another great commission. And all we're trying to point out here is that we're not powerless. And that's what Jesus is telling us. Luke 16, verse 15. 
And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's telling them about Jesus, isn't it? He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. We've talked about that. They will speak with new tongues. They will have a prayer language. They will have a way to communicate with the Father. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Verse 18, they will take up serpents. That means we have this power and authority over the devil. We overpower him. It's not talking about being a snake handler. It's talking about power and authority over serpents, over the devil. That harassment, you know, it's like a fly that keeps buzzing by your face. You just keep swatting it away. Pretty soon you kill it. And that one's not going to bother you anymore. And if they drink anything deadly, that's the sting and the and the power of the scorpion, isn't it? Yep. We have power and authority over all this demonic activity. And that's all this is referring to, is demonic activity as disciples. Go back to Matthew 28. We're trying to make disciples, baptizing them in an understanding the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit working in their life. Getting them to understand that the power of God is in them. It's not anything that they have in their flesh realm. We're this... We're this earthen vessel that's been filled now with the Holy Spirit, and we're no longer sinners saved by grace. We have the power of God in us that will never leave us nor forsake us. So as we repeat these things, we're baptizing people into this. We're teaching them over and over again that they need to get in this process of renewing their mind and beginning to understand who they are and what they have in Christ now as a new believer. The Lord's instructing them by the Great Commission not to be stuck at the cross. Amen. Move today forward and understand the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within you. All we're wanting to do is teach what the Father has provided for us through Jesus and understanding what Jesus' commission was, that he died on the cross for our sins. And now he's saying, make disciples, give them instruction on the power of the Holy Spirit working in their lives. We're trying to make people thirsty, aren't we? That's what I want to do. I want to make people thirsty for the Word of God. What's that old thing? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But you can salt his oats. <laughs> I want to salt the oats today. I want people to become thirsty. I want them to seek out the Father God and all these privileges that He's given to us as believers that we can demonstrate the power of God in us. By just renewing our minds and becoming more and more Christ-like, having that Spirit of God that's in us pushed forth out in that fleshly realm, that physical realm, so that people can see the change in our lives, so that they too will be drawn in to this kingdom of God, this love that surpasses all understanding. The Lord brought to my mind, because I've been making reference to scorpions. Yes, and I did look in the dictionary for the definition. Because I was wondering, why are he using this analogy of a scorpion? Sure. And this is what I found. The definition of scorpion. The Lord's assurance to the disciples of the authority given them by him, by Jesus, to tread upon serpents and scorpions conveys the thought of victory over spiritually antagonistic forces. 
the powers of darkness and the power of the enemy. I found that interesting. That's why I was making reference in on scorpions, because it's telling us we have this power and authority over demonic forces. When you say spiritual or spirituality, this is this unseen power that lives within us that can now be released to fight the demonic activity that's going on around us. The spiritual warfare. So the sting of the scorpion has no more power over our minds. Satan, the serpent, has been defeated. I think we need to get it in our minds, this old, unrenewed mind, (laughs) that we can overcome these situations and circumstances in our lives by understanding this supernatural first. And then it manifests itself in the physical. Terry, this is why the Lord wanted us to talk about this power and authority we now have in Christ and explaining it's not just for the disciples. It wasn't lost after the apostles all died out. And the reason we can say this is when you read the definitions of serpent, of scorpion, God doesn't want us to be helpless and powerless. He wants us all to be empowered to fight the spiritual warfare. But for some reason, we've denied the power thereof, and therefore we're not effective in the body of Christ. And the Lord's wanting to teach us that we have this power and authority, just like I read her earlier about the scorpion. The Lord's assurance. This goes back to edification, exhortation, and comfort of the Holy Spirit. The Lord's wanting to assure us of the authority given to tread upon serpents and scorpions. When we talk about you having this power and authority, doesn't this give you hope? Doesn't this give you the thought, okay, I can have victory in my life right now. I have power over the spiritual attacks. The demons can no longer harass me and antagonize me. That's what Paul is telling us to do, is to walk in the Spirit. He says that in Galatians 5, walk in the Spirit. In Luke 24, 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Jesus was telling the disciples, Go to Jerusalem so you can receive this power, this gift of the Holy Spirit to make disciples.